podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Love this podcast? Support this show through the supporter feature from Acast. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. What's good, boys and girls? Welcome to the Two Footed Podcast. It is Friday, the 16th of July. We're brought to you by EPLindex.com in association with our presenting sponsor, Liberty Shield. Liberty Shield is a VPN provider, a virtual privacy network, allows you to go online, change your location, access American Netflix, access the RTE player if you're Irish but living outside of Ireland, access the BBC iPlayer if you're British and living outside the, the, the UK. That'll give you access to the Olympics. RTE player access to both the Olympics and the All-Ireland Championships. LibertyShield.com, use the code EPLVPN, you get 20% off at checkout. Also brought to you by Home of Hopcroft, a giftware and company located in Scotland, but shipping worldwide. Homeofhopcroft.co.uk, physical store now open seven days a week. Right, folks, it's a quiet day. It's a lot of news, so we'll jump straight into it. Felipe Anderson has left West Ham and rejoined Lazio. Had obviously been at Lazio before. Three years ago, he moved to West Ham for a pretty high figure, somewhere in the region of 38, 39 million. It appears that he's rejoining Lazio on a free. Now, it's marked down as an undisclosed fee, but the word coming from Italy is it is a free. And that simply West Ham will get a percentage, 50% of any future sale. Whatever way you look at it, this is a bad move for West Ham. They paid big, big money for him. They got two good, well, they got one good year out of him. He had one disappointing year. And then he spent last season on loan. Didn't go well, the Porto loan. But he goes back to Lazio now. He joins a very exciting team there. And I think Maurizio Sarri will very much enjoy working with him. When you consider they still have Milinkovic Savic, they still have Luis Alberto, they still have Chiro Mobile, Joaquin Correa is there. That's a lot of attacking talent. If Sarri finds a way to make it all work, they're going to be a lot of fun next year. They'll be potentially as good to watch as Atalanta. So Lazio might be a team to keep an eye on, but he's had a lot of success there in the past, Felipe Anderson. So I expect him to do well at Lazio. He knows Syria. It's a, a league he spent four and a half seasons in. So I, I expect he'll do very, very well there being honest, uh, but bad move for West Ham. Good signing for Lazio. Uh, five people have been arrested over racial abuse sent to England players following the Euro 2020 final. Rashford, Saka and Sancho obviously missed the penalties and they were then subjected to torrents of horrendous abuse. The terrible thing about it all is that Bakayo Saka has said that he knew the minute he missed the penalty that that was what was going to come. That's a dreadful, dreadful thing 
for a 19-year-old young man to have to live with that he knew because he missed a penalty in a football match that he was going to be subjected to abuse over his skin colour. It's not acceptable. It's not acceptable. And I hope the people who were arrested are charged and tried and convicted because there's no excuse for it at all. Aryan Robin has announced his interna- his retirement from all football. Um, he had previously retired in 2019, took a year out, came back last season and played with Groningen in the Eredivisie. And he has now decided once again to retire at the age of 37. Robin, obviously best known for his time at Chelsea and then Bayern Munich. Played for Real Madrid in between. Didn't go particularly well from there. But he was brilliant for Chelsea. He was incredible for Bayern for a decade. Uh, 96 Dutch caps as well. 37 goals. Obviously, he'd been at Groningen PSV before he landed with Chelsea. One of the most exciting players I've seen in the Premier League. When he first arrived at Chelsea, he was just different class. And he was such an important part of... Mourinho's team there um, a shame he left so early but when Real Madrid come calling that's often what you see happen Bayern obviously got the best of him and him on one wing Ribery uh, on the other Thomas Muller obviously is the number 10 that Bayern team were magnificent absolutely ridiculous going forward he didn't play a whole bunch last season I think only 7 or 8 games but um, it was nice for him to get to finish off where he started his career. So I think it's a nice end to things for him. One of the great players of the last 20 years, without question. And and one that the game will miss, without a doubt. The game will miss having Aryan Robin. Uh, be it for the brilliance or the temper tantrums, whichever you want. Um, Arsenal are potentially lining up to make seven signings. This summer, they're looking to bring in, obviously, a playmaker. They have brought in a left back. It looks like Lekonga is pretty much done. They want to bring in one more in midfield. A centre back, Ben White, looks like he'll be the one. They want to bring in a right back. And it appears like they will bring in a goalkeeper as well, which my assumption then is that Leno will leave. Aaron Ramsdale appears to be the first choice goalkeeping target which I I don't know I just I don't see that maybe maybe they're looking to bring in Ramsdale as the backup to Leno get Leno to play another year and then move him on and have Ramsdale ready to take over but Ramsdale has been the worst keeper in the league for two seasons and by all accounts Sheffield United won 20 million for him they only paid 18 to ask for a profit on a player that did not do well for you is a stretch. But, you know, silly, silly things happen in this game. Players get called up to certain international teams for certain tournaments. And even if they don't play, it apparently boosts their value. If they spend £70 million on Ben White and Aaron Ramsdale, though, in this market, when they could very easily get substantially better players for less overseas. It will just further the case for Edu 
to be removed. He's done a dreadful job so far, and this is not going to be an improvement on that. It looks like we're set for a big exodus from uh, Ligue 1. There's only a couple of clubs not facing very, very tough times financially. PSG, obviously. Nice, very wealthy owner. Monaco, very wealthy owner. Stad Ren, very wealthy owner. Ren actually looked like they could be getting um, Camilden Sulemana, the young Ghanaian, who was meant to go to Ajax. Looks like he may well go to Ren instead. So if they end up with him on one wing and Jeremy Doku on the other, that's going to be as exciting a young wing pairing as there will be anywhere. They've already signed um, Loic Bade. I think that's a, a great signing for them. He's one of the better centre-backs in the league, only 21 years of age. Tremendous last season. They're making all the right moves. It's a shame that they're likely to lose Kamavinga because if he was willing to stay, that is a team that they could develop into a very, very impressive team. They've got a really good young right-back there called Brandon Soapy, um, really talented player as well. There's a left-back whose name escapes me, who's meant to be very, very good as well, but I can't think what his name is. Um, it's a promising squad with Doku's elite. I think Bade's elite. Suleiman is elite, and if they kept, if they could keep Kamavinga, I think he would add to that. And I think they could, over a couple of years, build something that could maybe challenge. Now, I wouldn't be a big fan of uh, of Genesio, the manager. Didn't like him at Leon. Um, he was in China for about eighteen months. He took over this season uh, when Ren's manager left. But I, I wouldn't be a huge fan. But there's a lot of talent there, and they've got money to spend. Um. But it does appear like there's a number of clubs in France feeling the pinch. We've already seen Lille have to sell Sumari for 17 million. It looks like um, Renato Sanchez will leave for 25 to 30 million, which is probably undervalue for him. Sven Botman could go for undervalue as well, as Lille desperately tried to claw back money. Lyon are facing a bit of trouble as well. Uh, Hossim Auer is look, looking like he'll be the one to go, but they'll probably only get $25 million for him now. Whereas if they'd sold him 18 months or two years ago when they had multiple teams in for him, they could have got 45 to $50 million. Unfortunately, they held on to him a little bit too long. He's still hugely talented. He's still very young. He's only 23. But his star has dimmed a little bit, and now there's still interest from Arsenal, but he doesn't appear to be a primary target. There's rumoured to be interest from Spurs. It's quite hard to see how he fits in a Nuno team. Doesn't really fit in a midfield three, I don't think, for Nuno. He could in certain teams, obviously, uh, but I don't think he fits in a midfield three for Nuno. And Nuno, more, more often than not, plays a midfield two. And then he definitely doesn't fit. Now, he could play behind two strikers if Nuno wanted to play 3-4-1-2, but they already have Deli Ali. Endembele can play there. Lacelso can play there. I'm not really sure where Auer would fit in. He's been linked this morning with Liverpool. Whether there's any truth to that, we don't know. Um, a Nabi Keita for our swap would be of interest, I think, for Liverpool. But if Leon, if Leon need the money, then they can't do a deal like that. 
John Percy is reporting that Brentford are close to signing Christopher Eyer from Celtic, the young Norwegian centre-back, for around £13.5 uh, that'll be a club record fee. He's a very, very talented centre-back. Still has still has a lot to work out. Still has some growing to do, but uh, growing out, I mean, not up. He's about six foot six already. But a very, very talented young defender. Only 23. Good instincts. Good in the air. Very good on the ball. He'd make a lot of sense, as a, especially if you're looking for a, a successor to Pont- Pontus Janssen. He would then make sense in that role. Uh, Leicester are believed to be in contract talks with Yuri Tielemans because they want to keep him. They do not want to to sell him. He is looking for a large pay rise. There are other clubs interested in him. Real Madrid were believed to be interested, but their finances have needed to be reset. So they can't they can't afford to make the move from this summer. It may well be that he signs a new long term deal, but with a set buyout that maybe he goes next summer for. 65 million, something like that, when things are a bit more back to normal. But um, if they can keep Thielemans, that would be huge for Leicester. They're they're having a great summer. It looks like they might get Quebec. They've signed Bertrand. They've signed Samari. They've signed Daka. The only two that were really at risk of losing this summer appeared to be Thielemans or Madison. Now, I think Madison will get priced out of a move because... The only club rumoured to be interested in him are Arsenal. If they're spending £70 million on White and Ramsdale, I don't know that they'll have whatever it would take to get Madison. I'd imagine still somewhere in the 55 to £60 million range. I think Arsenal will have to look for a cheaper alternative. Maybe if, if they decide to not go for White, they could afford it, but I just don't see that they could do both. I really don't see they could do both, because I don't think Leicester would be overly willing to do them a favour on like a seven-year payment plan or anything like that. The Athletic are reporting that Spurs are desperate to keep Harry Kane, that Manchester City are willing to pay over £100 million, but it does not look like they'll be willing to pay the £150 million that Daniel Levy would want for Harry Kane. City have a, a history of walking away from deals when they get too pricey. You look at Harry Maguire, they had that deal very close to done. United came in, right, ramped the price up, and City just backed away from it. Kane is 28. It's do or die for him. He either makes the move this summer or I don't think he gets it. I don't think at 29, considering he'll still have many years left in his contract, I think he's four years left. He'll have three years left next summer. At 29, Spurs are still going to be wanting big money for him. And I don't know that anyone would be willing to do that at that point. West Brom have had an offer, sorry, West Brom have rejected an offer from West Ham for Sam Johnston. Um, the offer was below f- at 10 million. It looks like West Brom won 12 to 15. Now he's out of contract in a year. So whether or not anyone will be willing to pay that, I don't know. David Ornstein reports that it's unlikely West Ham will up their offer. Um, they're going to press ahead with the move for uh, Alphonse Ariola, who's a vastly superior keeper. And if they can get him on loan with an option to buy, they're just much better off. I mean, if Johnston was a young keeper, you could make a, a fair argument, but he is 28. So he's not exactly a youngster anymore. Um, 
he's probably what he's going to be. He doesn't look like he'll improve a whole bunch. Ariola's only a month older than him, and he is substantially better. So if you can get him on loan with the option to buy him next summer for 10 to 12 million, that's absolutely the deal to do. Get the better keeper. He performed a lot better than him last year. He's more physically suited to the Premier League as well. More athletic, better in the air, much bigger frame, 6'5", long arms. Johnson's tall, but he doesn't appear to make himself big in one-on-one situations. Doesn't appear to be as dominant on crosses as you'd want him to be. Maybe suffers from a little bit of the Pickford syndrome of having shorter arms than you'd expect. I wouldn't be a big fan of Sam Johnston. I think is a very good goalkeeper. I think it's a very good move for West Ham if they can get him. Manchester City are apparently still determined to get Jack Grealish across the line. There doesn't appear to be much movement at the moment. Maybe that's because he's away on holidays after the Euros. But City's estimates apparently for the players seem to be well off what Villa and Spurs are believed to want. So City believe they can get the two of them for between 175 and 215 million. Well, Spurs want 150 for Kane and Villa want 100 for Grealish. So City's estimates are way off what those selling clubs are are looking for. Now, it may well be that City would be willing to sell some players or include some players to make a deal happen. That's been, you know, discussed before that perhaps Raheem Sterling could go to Spurs or America Laporte could go to Spurs. Uh, Bernardo Silva's name was mentioned. That one makes less sense because he doesn't really fit into how they play in terms of what they need. Like, you, obviously, you could make him fit, but they already have players in his positions. I don't think they'll get either of them. Being honest, I don't think they'll get either of them. I think the Kane deal will prove too expensive. $150 million is an incredible amount of money. There's only ever been two players to go for more than that. Mbappe and Neymar. And both of them went to PSG. I don't know that City will be willing to pay 150 for Kane. And if Spurs are adamant that they're not going to take players, that it has to be straight cash, I mean, maybe they'd come down to like 140, 130 maybe. But I just don't see it. I don't see Villa budging an inch on Grealish. I really don't. I think they'll hold out for that money. They have no reason to sell. He's not going to push for the move. Not publicly anyway. Not from the club he grew up with. Not from the club he's captain of. And the other thing, Kane is the same. I don't think Kane will publicly. He hasn't yet. And his interview on TalkSport was quite positive from a Spurs perspective. Talking about how he was looking forward to meeting Paratici, looking forward to working with Nuno. None of it really indicated a fella pushing to leave. He might want to leave. He might prefer to leave. Grealish might be the same, but these are the clubs they came up with. These are the clubs that they captain. I just don't see either of them being the personality types to publicly come out and push for a move. If they were, if they were under uh, Mino Riola, maybe he'd do it for them. A lot of players will appoint Mino because you know they're not the personality to do that, but they know Mino will do it. 
But Kane and Grealish don't appear to be like that. Grealish especially seems to be particularly tied to Villa. And he went down and spent three years in the championship with them. He could have left. He had opportunities to leave and he didn't. So I get the feeling Grealish is Grealish is the more likely to stay, I think. Kane is going to be very, very expensive. It's just hard to see that anyone would pay that money. City apparently want to sell some players to fund this. Who? I've no idea. Americ Laporte, rumoured to be one that would like to leave. Where would he go? What top clubs are looking for centre-backs? Real might be if Varane goes to United. Barca can't afford to buy a top centre-back. Atleti could probably do it one, but don't have the money this summer. Bayern already signed Dupa Meccano. United are signing Varane and City wouldn't sell to them anyway. I don't think City would sell to Chelsea. Arsenal couldn't afford him, couldn't attract him. They wouldn't sell to Liverpool. Liverpool don't need him anyway. Spurs would be the one, but the only way that happens is if it's in a swap deal. And I don't know that Laporte would be open to a move to Spurs. Apparently, Gabriel Jesus and Bernardo Silva are two others that would like to leave. But again, what's the market for them? Jesus has been linked with Juventus. I That one wouldn't be for me. Bernardo Silva could play for most clubs. But again, it's it's not just about is he good enough to play for the club. It's does the club, A, have the money for him, and B, have the need for him. Because there'd be no point in, even if Barcelona had the money, there'd be no point in him going there because Messi plays on the right of the front three. And Frankie de Jong plays... Frankie de Jong and Pedri play as the number eights, so he'd just be sitting on the bench. It's hard to see where City would sell the three of those this summer. Raheem Sterling's obviously the other one whose name has been linked with a move away. Riyad Mahrez apparently is available, but who's paying for him at this age? 30, cost him 60 million. I just don't see it. Sterling... Sterling's the one that would probably be the easiest sell. But again, who's got the money this summer? Chelsea and PSG really don't see City selling to either of them. They definitely won't sell to Liverpool. They definitely won't sell to United. He, the only way I think he can leave is if he agrees to go to Spurs. As I've said before, if Spurs could get Laporte and Sterling and cash for Kane, they should do it. They'd need to drive down the value of one one of them and say to City, right, we'll take both of them and we'll take them as 100 million, but we still want 150, so you give us those two and 50 million. And even if they ended up getting 40 out of it, so they get Laporte, Sterling and 40 million, I think they win that deal because I would rather have Sterling for the next five years than Kane. Laporte massively improves their defence. For Villa, I mean, I just don't see that Sterling or Laporte would consider going there. I, without European football, especially without Champions League football, I just don't see that either of them would go there. So we wait and see on Grealish. We wait and see on Kane. I, I have a feeling neither of them end up at, at City. I think City end up having to look at other targets. 
Uh, Matt Law in the Telegraph is reporting that Tammy Abraham is attracting interest from Arsenal, among others, as Chelsea look to sell him. He has two years left on his deal, but it's very clear he's not part of Thomas Tuchel's plans for the club. He's obviously a good striker. There's been a number of clubs linked. West Ham have been linked. Villa have been linked. He's obviously been there before on loan. Dortmund have been linked if there was a some sort of Haaland deal, but Dortmund have come out and said there will be no Haaland deal this summer. It looks like the, the three stooges, the three spoofers, Romano, Falk and Fjordhoft are back in the saddle after spinning people lies all of last summer about Sancho. It looks like they're going to spin people lies all of this summer about Haaland so they can get their clicks and make some money. Um, Dortmund seem very clear that they're not going to sell him. And they don't backtrack on things. So I, I my guess is Haaland stays and goes to Real Madrid in a year. I think next year Real might sign him and Mbappe. They might get Mbappe on a free if he doesn't sign a new contract. And they I think they'll pay Haaland's buyout. If they get the two of them for 75 million, game over for everybody. <laughs> game over for a long time for everybody. Um because the thing is, they already have a decent enough young team to put around them. Consider Rodrigo on one wing, Vinicius on the other. Federico Valverde is one of two in midfield, so they need one in midfield. But Casemiro's still only 28. And the way his game is, I think he can play well into his 30s and be fine. So you go Valverde and Casemiro in centre midfield. Ferlin Mendy's a really good young left back. He's not young anymore, but he's still you know, mid-20s. Edward Militao's a really good centre-back. Now, if they lose Varane, they'll need to replace Varane, but I think they'll do that this summer anyway. Um, ideally, you'd keep Varane again. He's one I think will be fine into his mid-30s. They need a right-back, and then Courtois, perfectly fine in goal. Very, very good goalkeeper. Top 10 in the world at worst. So... If they added those two strikers, and there's still a, a bunch of other players like Odegaard, uh, Renier, and the like, and, and the players they brought through their own academy, that would make it so that Real, if they signed those two, would have a team ready to go. A team that I think would terrify most people. Really, really terrify most people. Um, even if they just went front three with Vinicius or Rodrigo, Haaland through the middle and Mbappe either off the right or off the left. That that would be scary. Then they need one in midfield probably, but it could be Odegaard, it could be Rainier. They've got options. Tammy, I think Villa should be all over that this summer. I I really like the idea of a 4-2-3-1 with Douglas Luiz and John McGinn as the midfield too. Ollie Watkins off one flank, Buendia off the other, Grealish as the 10, and then Tammy up front. You've got Cash, you've got Konza, you've got Target, you've got a very good goalkeeper, Martinez. Then the only weak point in that team is Mings. Now, I don't think they're going to replace Mings this summer, but maybe next summer they cop on to the fact that Mings isn't very good and they move him on. Apparently, John, Ter- John Terry's quite taken with him. Who knows why, but, you know, we've seen how poor he's been for the last two seasons. Um, Matt Lowe is also reporting that Danny Ings 
is a top target for Spurs this summer. Not to replace Harry Kane, but to play with Harry Kane. Now, Ings has a year left on his contract. He has turned down multiple contract offers that would have made him by far and away the highest paid player at Southampton. He's probably the highest paid player right now. They paid 20 million for him when they got him from Liverpool, um, including a loan fee for the first year. Liverpool have a 25% sell-on. Now, I don't know if that is 25% of the profit or 25% of the overall fee. If it's 25% of the overall fee, if he goes for 30 million, Liverpool would get seven and a half. If it's 25% of the profit, Liverpool would obviously only get two and a half if he went for 30. Um, it would be a huge blow for Southampton to lose him. Now, they're looking at Armstrong from Blackburn. Must be as a replacement, but I think he'd be better as a partner for Ings. I think Ings should stay where he is because I think at Southampton, he can be the guy. I think at a top club, he's a squad player. Yes, Spurs might sell him on. You'll come here, you'll play next to Harry. What about Son? Because that's not working as a three. Now, you could play 4-4-2 and play Son wide on the left, but you're not going to get the best out of him. You know, you play him on the left, Bergvine on the right, Ings and Kane up front. I mean, it would it would be fun. I just don't think you'd get the best out of Son. I don't think he'd be overly happy. And I also think when you look at their fullbacks, they're all wingbacks. They don't, other than Ben Davies, they don't really own a proper fullback. Doherty and, Ar- Ar- and Aurier are both wingbacks, as are Regulon and Sessegnon. So I think they'd be mad to play anything other than the, a back three. They don't, also don't have the individual centre-back quality to play a back, a back two. They have to play a back three because Dyer's bad. Toby's past is best. Sanchez, Tanganga, and Roden, I wouldn't trust in a two. In a three, I think they'd be fine. They did apparently make a move for Jules Kunde, who turned them down. Not surprising. He'll have better offers. I think when it came down to it, they would have had to pay more than they were willing to pay. His buyout's 80 million. They were apparently offering 30 million in Davinson Sanchez. I'd estimate that's about 55, 60 million. It's well short of what Sevilla would want. So don't see any real truth in that. Um, It has emerged that Saudi Arabia and Italy are considering a joint bid for the 2030 World Cup. And apparently it's not as far-fetched as it may sound. So the Saudis are mad to bring the World Cup to their country. It's what they want to do. They want to blow away the rest of the competition in the Middle East and establish themselves as a real footballing power, a real home of football. Apparently, they've been told there's no chance they'll get the World Cup by themselves because with Qatar just getting one in 2022, it's unlikely that FIFA would want to go back to the Middle East so quickly. So what they'd have to do is find a partner, someone to go in with them. One suggestion is Egypt and Morocco, but unfortunately they don't have the infrastructure, the stadiums, etc., the, the travel links. So there'd be an awful lot of money needed to be invested in those countries to make it work. Italy, on the other hand, has the infrastructure. Now, the stadiums need updating or replacing, but apparently the Saudis will be willing to fund that, which would be very 
very convenient for Italy, who, you know, Roma and Lazio are looking for a new stadium. Milan and Inter are looking to do a new stadium. Atalanta are redoing theirs. Torino have done bits to theirs, want to do more. Genoa and Sampdoria want to refurbish theirs. The Saudi money could do all of that for them. Remember, that World Cup 2030 is the 100-year anniversary of the first World Cup, so it is quite a big deal. Whoever gets it is going to get it with a lot of pressure. Now, the preferred bid apparently is the Spain-Portugal joint bid. There's talk of an England, Scotland, Wales, Northern Ireland and possibly Republic of Ireland joint bid. But it's less favoured, and I think Sunday is probably a big reason why um, the thousands of morons that spoiled it for everybody. Um, the Saudi-Italy bid, I think it's very hard to to justify giving a World Cup to Saudi Arabia, giving, given their human rights record, given, you know, the different issues with MBS, shall we say. They're also set to launch like a mega media outlet to rival be in sport. And there's been a lot of back and forth for a number of years, as everybody knows, over TV rights, piracy, etc. But apparently the one big contract that they've pretty much already got sewn up for that is Syria. There's also economic links as well as those sporting links. The Italian Super Cup, their equivalent of the champions of the community shield that takes place in Saudi has done the last two years will again this year so there's already links in place and it looks like they want to further them by bidding for a world cup I think they'd have more chance of bidding for 2020 for 2034 than for 2030 I think that one's going to end up in in Spain Portugal um that's just that's the bid that UEFA have been pushing it's the bid that apparently FIFA would prefer. So the infrastructure is already there. The, st- the stadiums are there. There's incredible stadiums in both countries. Um, I, I think it's the one that makes sense. But this one is interesting. It's just it's very difficult to justify giving anything to Saudi Arabia, unfortunately, while MBS is running the show. Um, last little bit of news then, and we'll take our, our break before the gossip. Crystal Palace are close to agreeing a permanent transfer for Mark Wehi from Chelsea. Uh, the England under-21 international has had his medical, agreed a five-year contract, and all that is left to be done is confirming the payment methods between Palace and Chelsea. Now, I think this is a bad decision by Chelsea, but apparently they will have first option to sell, or sorry, first option to, to buy if he goes in the market, and they'll have matching rights. So, for example, two years down the line, Aston Villa decide, you know what, we want him, we're going to bid £30 Chelsea will be informed of the bid and they'll have the option to match. I think he's a tremendous young defender. I think this, along with the Michael Elise deal, is brilliant from Palace. And maybe I've been too harsh on Dougie Friedman. Maybe he was been held back by Hodgson all along. But you add these two to Ferguson, who they got last summer, who I think is going to be really good once he gets over that, if if he gets over that knee injury. 
and Eberichi Ezzi when he comes back from the heel injury. Hopefully, he comes back at something close to what he was beforehand and can carry on developing. It does look like there's a real plan in place at Palace to get younger, to get more entertaining, to get more exciting, to become a club that will bring in younger players, develop them, and sell them on at a profit. Gwehi's a hell of a signing. It's one I've suggested on this podcast, so, you know, as was Michael Alise. So I'm glad to see Dougie's listening on a regular basis. Um, We'll take a break, and when we come back, we'll just run through the gossip, and that'll be us for today. See you in a minute. Right, welcome back. So, just the gossip to go through, and then we're done. Nice quick pod today. Tottenham could make a move to sign Roman midfielder Lorenzo Pellegrini, but will have to meet his 26 million release clause to get the Italian international. Some outlets have suggested that release clause doesn't exist, and there was reports earlier in the summer that Liverpool had bid 26 million, and then that that all disappeared. Um, He's a very good player. I think he's probably best off away from Mourinho, but he does love that club, so maybe his... His heart will overrule his head. Real Madrid manager Carlo Ancelotti wants to club bosses to sign Mo Salah if a deal for Kylian Mbappe cannot be struck this summer. It would probably be easier to buy Mbappe than Salah this summer. Tottenham want Danny Ings but face difficulties as Southampton are reluctant to do business with the North London club. There's been... Bitterness between the two clubs. This is just I just remembered this. There's been bitterness between the two clubs since Toby Alderweireld, because Southampton felt that when they had Toby on loan, they had an agreement in place to sign him, and then Spurs came in, offered him more money, and got a deal done really quickly without Southampton knowing it was happening, and Saints have been bitter ever since. So that might be what kills any kind of Danny Ings to Spurs deal. Atletico Madrid have been linked with Jesse Lingard, who is also wanted by West Ham. That is from 90minute.com, so we'll fold that up and we'll put it in the bin. Fiorentina are looking to to fend off interest in Dusan Vlahovic by tying him down to a new contract. He's really talented. I really like the idea of him and Nico Gonzalez. So I do hope he stays. I think that could be very, very good. Real Madrid have accepted that Rafael Varane will not sign a new deal and are waiting on an offer from Manchester United. That's from Goal.com. I'm not sure that's accurate, though, because I've seen other reports that they still believe they will be able to get him to sign a new contract. Um, They've only had kind of opening discussions with him about a new contract. It never came out that he turned it down or anything like that. So, you know, he may well end up at United, but I think Real will try everything to keep him. If he ends up at United, they'll have him and Maguire. It's a good pairing, and their skill sets should mesh well together. They're still not going to win the league. Not with Oli, not with that midfield. So, until they sort those things out, they're just going to be spending a lot of money on things that keep them third or fourth. Arsenal are set to rival Tottenham in the race for Hasimaro. We know that one. Um, Everton are willing to listen for uh, listen to offers for six players, including James Rodriguez, to help raise funds for Rafa Benitez to rebuild the squad. Um, 
I don't think they're going to get many offers for James Rodriguez. There are players at that club that people might want, but James, I don't think, is going to be one of them. I think he's going to have to be released. Tottenham have made a breakthrough in talks with Bologna over a deal for tacky hero Tomiyasu, and the move is expected to be completed this month. Hopefully, I think that's a good signing for Spurs. Hopefully that one works out. Chelsea defender Emerson Palmieri is wanted by Italian champions Inter Milan and Jose Mourinho's Roma with Napoli making him their preferred choice as they also consider a move for Matthias Oliveira from Hatafe. I think I would rather have Matthias Oliveira um, better defensively, stronger, more of a left back. Emerson's more of a wing back. Struggles defensively. Um, signing Joe Willock on a permanent basis remains Newcastle's top priority. It appears like Arsenal aren't willing to sell. Now, it may come down to f- funds. They may want the funds to spend them, spend on somebody else, so maybe they will go ahead with a sale. But Newcastle should look to get other business done while they're, while they're waiting on Arsenal to make a decision. AC Milan have rejected a £34 million bid from Paris Saint-Germain for Theo Hernandez. I don't think that's the last we'll hear of that one. If they get Theo to go on the opposite flank to Hakimi, that will be frightening. If they have... They're going to be unfortunately have Ramos in the defence, which, you know, is never great. But they'll have Donnarumma and goal. Marquinhos, Ramos and Kimbembe, I believe, will be the back three. Hakimi and Theo as wing-backs. Verratti and Ginny Wijnaldum, maybe, as a pair. And then Neymar as a 10 behind Mbappe and whoever. Ideally, Icardi. I mean, they already own Icardi, but maybe he doesn't get on well with with Poch. Maybe Poch is friends with Maxi. Was it Maxi Lopez? I think it was Maxi Lopez, wasn't it? No. Was it Maxi Lopez? Yeah, Maxi Lopez. Maybe Poch is friends with him. Um, so maybe maybe poor Olicardi's on the outs there. Uh, but if they get Theo, that's going to be immense. They'll be really, really tough to stop either side. Inter Milan insists that Italy midfielder Nicolo Barella is untouchable amid rumours linking him with Liverpool and Manchester United, says the spoofer with the catchphrase. I mean, would we believe anything he has to say? According to him, Barca were in advance talks to get Saul and Griezmann across the line. And like I said, that deal is nowhere close to completion. There's far too many moving pieces. It doesn't make sense financially for either club. It doesn't help either club's financial situation. Barca would basically give up a player. Now, look, if they got Saul and could get rid of Griezmann's wages, they'd be doing better. But they'll end up having to pay half of Griezmann's current salary because Atleti won't pay more than 300 grand a week. Then they will have to pay Seoul. And they also can't register Seoul because they still have, they haven't registered Messi. They haven't registered Aguero. They haven't registered Eric Garcia. They haven't registered Memphis Depay. They haven't registered Emerson Royale. There's five players they have to register before they can register Seoul. So they're in trouble. I don't think that deal is real. I think that's a lot of spoofing and a lot of messing going on. Everton are set to sign 16-year-old English striker Francis Akongru from Sunderland in a deal worth up to 1 million. 
Never heard of the kid. Looks like Sunderland didn't want to let him go. But it is what it is. Um, According to Transfer Market, he's a left winger who can also play right wing. He played 17 times in the under-18 Premier League last season, totaling 1,161 minutes with three goals and three assists. Not a bad return. Um, Everton have been quite good at this in recent years of snapping up young talent. The problem they've had is they've never actually done anything with them. They buy them and then they just let them drift off uh, or they sell them too quickly. Um, Maybe that will change under Benitez. Who knows? That is it then. That is the show for today. Thank you as always for listening. Thank you to Mr. Guy Drinkle. Enjoy your weekends. Stay safe. See you Monday. Bye-bye. Podcast Network.